thrilling to be pursued? Isn't it kind of thrilling to be chased? You know, um, we we in our society love the idea of romance. Right? We have movies that are all centered around the boy finally realizing has been there all along. And here's the one that finally gets to be with, you know? Or that the girl would be like, you know what, I don't need a guy. And, you know, I, 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 I'm done with relationships. And at some point, finds that she can trust herself with somebody, with her whole heart. And it crescendos to this moment of realization and love, and they live happily ever after, right? We have songs all about love and about unrequited loves and about broken hearts and about uh, a love that they want but can't have, right? Like, or a love that is met and, you know, save the best for last, Vanessa Williams, right? Like, and I don't know about you, but maybe there are certain songs that trigger memories moments of a relationship or a period in your life when you longed for that boy or that girl to pay attention to you and know what they felt, and, and, and know that what they felt was what you felt, you know? I remember late night conversations on the phone about like nothing, you know, and everything. I remember notes being passed at school or at church. <laughs> I remember mixtapes that were made and given. Um, I was there, and mixtapes, they were much harder to make than a Spotify playlist, by the way. Um, and I just remember just all these different um, feelings and trauma and agony of romance. That, yes, in some ways, you're like, oh, I love that someone thinks that I'm smart enough, and funny enough, and cute enough, and good enough of a person that they would like me. But at the same time, also just the agony of liking someone and not knowing, like, oh, do they like me back? And, and I need to dissect the conversation and the looks across the way and all of those different things. The story of the Bible is God's love story to his people. Right? It is God's love story to his people. It is God chasing and pursuing his creation over and over again. And there's just like in the chasing games, there are three categories. There are people that are like, I don't want anything to do with this. I'm benching myself out. I don't I don't want to be chased by you, God, and I don't want to play this game. And then there are those that are chased by God and they're just running fast, right? They're running fast because they're like, I don't want to give my heart to you. I don't want to trust you with my everything. Or they're so distracted and uh, focused on other things in their lives that they're just running really fast and and then there are those of us who have seen God's ruling and pursuit and love and we just say yeah I'm running but yeah I'm Jesus you are the best right like Jesus you rock my world and I'm going to let myself be caught by you and that is the story of the Bible. Over and over again, God pursues his people. And people get to choose whether or not they're going to be caught by him. Right? And the story of Advent, the time of Advent, what we celebrate during Christmas, is God's ultimate act of love. Because for us as a people, and then he says, then I'm going to come to you. 
I'm going to move all the way to where you are so that my love is tangible and real and we get to do this together. And that there would be no confusion about how I felt about you every day. And so as we celebrate Advent and we are looking at the characteristic of love, we get to look at that part of the story, right? Where the whole act of him coming into the manger to be with us was the ultimate act, the ultimate pursuit after his people. And we got to choose. What do we want to do with that act of love? Do we want to allow ourselves to be caught by Jesus or do we want to keep running? In Zephaniah 3, it says this, Sing, daughter Zion, shout aloud, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day, they will say to Jerusalem, do not fear Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. I love that passage because I feel like it is such a um, clear display, clear love letter from God, right? Where he says, I just... I will be the mighty warrior who saves you. That you do not have to be afraid. I am going to sing over you. And I think that there is just this really tender image of God singing over me, right? In delight, in treasuring me and my heart. Um, Zephaniah 3 comes with this promise. The prophet had been spending two chapters talking about how God's people had turned away even as God has pursued them. And he talks about how because they have chosen out of his way and out of his love, these were the consequences of what it looked like to be choosing to run far from him. These were the consequences of enslavement and um, struggle um, and so, so after two chapters of that, God says, and Zephaniah tell the people that regardless of these consequences, regardless of what they have chosen, I can't stop pursuing them in love. I can't, I can't give up on this relationship. I can't help myself but to love them and pour out on them. And so tell them to sing because this is not the end. Tell them to be glad and rejoice with all their heart because it is not the end, because I will continue to protect them and love them and be with them. For me, I function in my headspace most of the time. This is where I like to live, right? I am not usually connected to my feelings. I'm not always trusting of my feelings. And I just like being here because this place is good. It makes sense most of the time, right? I, I need facts and I need practicality and this is good right here. This stuff is messy, right? And I believe certain things about my relationship with God and about who God is. I believe in my head and know that God created me, that he loves me. I know that he died for me and rescued me from sin. And I believe that he invites me into community to experience his love and his goodness. 
and his faithfulness. And so I act accordingly in faithfulness, in integrity. I show up for church on Sundays. I give to the poor. I read my Bible. I do the right thing. And that's important because I think I want to be a person that acts based on what I believe. But if I spend too long disconnecting from my head and my heart, my relationship with God becomes kind of rote, right? I I lean towards legalism in the things that I should do. This is the right thing to do. I'm just going to do it, you know? It doesn't matter how I feel about it. I don't need to feel God's love. I just need to believe in my head that it's true, and I'm just going to do it because that's the right thing to do, right? Um, And if I spend too long not knowing what is going on in my heart, not fully experiencing God's love for me in my heart, then the, what I believe and what I know of God is just not enough for me. And that might not be true for everybody, but for sure that is true for me. And I think that that's similar in marriage, right? You, you are in a relationship with someone and eventually, like, your relationship becomes familiar and comfortable, right? You're like, I can fart in front of this person, it's not a big deal, you know? Like, it has gotten comfortable and familiar. And there's certain things that are just so great about that, right? Because you're like, this is who I am. You know, like, you get to love all of this. Um, but there's also times where you're like, yeah, and this, re- and, and this relationship becomes so much more about commitment than about love. And at some point, to be able to choose and decide, like, and we're going to date again. And I want to be wooed again. I want to remember why I love you, not just I'm committed to you. And that takes work, right? No one's just like, let's just fall back into love. You know, like that takes a lot of intention and time and work. And similarly, with our relationship with God, it takes intention to bring that, those feelings, right? There are times where I'm like, I want to feel those butterflies with Jesus. I long to be wooed and chased by Jesus. I don't want to just do it because it's the right thing to do and I should do it. I want to do it because I love to do it and I long to do it and I can't wait to sing my praises to God because he, I, 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 I just feel his love for me. Augie, um, so speaking of my older son, he a couple of weeks had a really bad day. You know, when you're just like, I, you know, he's throwing tantrums, he's having high, lots of feelings and not being nice to his brother. You know, everything was kind of going wrong for him and I was there and I kept telling him like, hey, stop this, you're not being kind, hold your hands. Like there were a lot of reminders of a lot of things that he was not doing well in. And after four hours, he just comes to me. He says, do you still love me? And I said, yeah, of course. He's like, because all you've been telling me is all the things I've been doing wrong. And it broke my heart because of course I loved him, right? Of course I loved him. There was no question. And in fact, the reason why I was telling him all these things that he shouldn't be doing is, was out of love. But all he heard was, here are all the things that I'm doing wrong. Here's all the ways that I'm bad. Here's all the ways that I'm not lovable, you know? And I could have reminded him, like, think of the thousands of hours that I have loved you, tangibly, with words, with intention. But at that moment, it didn't matter, 
right? Because all he felt was, these are all the ways that I'm not lovable to you. And the question was, do you still love me? And I think that there are times where when we are just basing our relationship with God on doing the right thing, sometimes we just feel like, man, am I lovable? Because I certainly see all the ways that I'm not meeting the mark, right? Or I'm not doing all the things that I should be doing, or my heart is not as clean and, and pure and loving as I want it to be. And perhaps we are running because we feel guilty and ashamed, and we don't, we don't feel like God really is chasing us to love us and pour out on us, but he's chasing us to rebuke us. And I think that for us, we are just like a third grader, right? We need to be reminded over and over again that God loves us, that he is not only a God that wants to give rebuke, but he is a God that, man, pursues us and will say, I, I am wooing you, I am chasing you. Would you be caught by me today? And so there are a number of ways that we are gonna do that, right? For me, I'm like, I want in this season, to feel God's love so tangibly and so right here. And so um, we, this week, Tuesday through Thursday from 7.30 to 8.30 and next week as well, we're creating spaces of silence and contemplation. Because like I said, dating Jesus takes intention and time in our calendar. And so I just wanna invite you guys, there's no agenda there, it is just your time with Jesus. It's just a quiet space in the midst of a very busy and loud season to be chased by Jesus, to be caught by him. And so I just put two dates in my calendar. And so would you guys also make sure that you are putting some space in your calendar to be caught by him? The other thing is I would hate for us to have this desire and this longing to really be loved by Jesus this morning and send you off and be like, okay, now go home and feed your children. <laughs> I want us to have an experience this morning to actually sit and be loved by him and be cherished and wooed by him. And so we're going to have an extended time of worship this morning. Hopefully I didn't take longer than I should have. Um, and I don't know what it is about worship and about music, but there's something that just unlocks something in our hearts, doesn't it? That there's something about music that it automatically takes it from the head to the heart. And there's something about singing, singing loudly, regardless of how you sound, that is just so freeing, right? It is helpful sometimes for um, us to be given words to say, instead of having to come up with our own words. And there is something just beautiful about singing to the Lord as he sings over us. Over and over again in the Psalms and scriptures, we are invited to sing. And I think that they understand something of our hearts and of our relationship with God that we don't always connect to, right? And so we get to sit in that and, and experience God's love over us. Also, there's a piece of paper in front of you that has like a blue banner on it. And that is just another space for you to worship. Some of you guys maybe are thinking of what you wanna say to Jesus. What is the love letter that you would want to write to God? And maybe for some of you, you would rather write the words of love that you're experiencing God speaking over you this morning 
or maybe you want to do both. And so that is another way for you to be worshiping this morning is just as a confession of love. So Kelly's going to come up. He's going to be um, leading us into a time of worship with God. And my invitation is just that we would be caught by Jesus this season and in our, in our relationship. Amen.